0: Blog talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany, I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is Zach Simpson, and Zach is going to talk about cable access television in Albany. So, Zach, cable access has been around for a long time. How long has cable access been in Albany?
1: Well, thank you very much once again, Cynthia, for having me
0: on your show.
1: Um, Actually, I believe cable access television has been around for maybe about a decade or so. Um, I know that there was a big push for it when, um, you know, when you pay your cable bill, uh, you pay something Mm -hmm. called a franchise fee. And the franchise fee is an amount of money that goes back to the municipality in which the cable, um, cable television lines is run through because, you know, there's a certain right away that has to go to the cable companies to, mm-hmm. you know, put their wires up. Um, so this is kind of a, um, you know, payment for a payment for, for being able to do that. Um, and then there was a big push to use some of that franchise fee money to go to uh, creation of a public access um, studio which there is mm-hmm. one today. It's in, the base, it's in the basement of the uh, Albany Public Library, Washington Avenue branch. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think it's been there for almost a decade now, um, this, this community media studio. And um, I've been involved um, the last couple of years uh, with the uh, city's Public Education and Government Access Oversight Board, which mm-hmm. is a, it's a city board that was created to um, provide oversight of the studio, the expenditure of funds for, uh, the studio coordinator and as well as equipment and, um, other, um, other tasks as well.
0: So how did you get, involved? what was your interest in cable access TV? Well, actually, uh, back in college, I was
1: involved with the, um, the station, the station for my, uh, the college I went to for my first two years that I'm New So it was a uh, WNPC. So that was my first real taste of being involved with, you know, locally produced programming. Um, but actually it was back in 2017, I think September. Um, I actually met a really great friend. I think you probably know her, Taisha Gafara Jai. Have you ever met Taisha? I don't know her. She, she does um so she had been producing a uh show on public access um and we met through um actually I think we met on the eve of the primary of 2017 trying to help get out the vote for candidates here in the city and um mm-hmm. you know once the campaigning died down um she told me about how the uh, public mm-hmm. access studio had been closed to the public uh, since May and this was in September. So it was about four mm-hmm. months later um, And I had no idea that the studio um, Had been shut down to the public. Um, there was actually a, a, a Couple of groups that formed uh, one was friends of peg and one was the Empire State Board of Producers um, mm-hmm. These were grassroots community organizations that came together to advocate to reopen the studio and mm-hmm. subsequent thereafter, I believe I gave three um, public statements to the Common Council advocating to open the studio again. Um, and then um, the studio finally did open up. It took a while. It took a long time to find a studio coordinator to get things back up and running. But we are really proud to say it's been a couple of years now that the studio has been functioning. Obviously, with COVID hitting, you know, we had to shut down the studio um, you know so producers couldn 't make new uh new you know stuff in the studio, but they could on their own um mm-hmm. but now uh we're starting to let producers back in the studio. I was uh, very involved with the covid nineteen reentry for the studio protocols, and we have had uh producers coming back and, and doing. Uh, programming uh, in the studio. Obviously, it reduced numbers, but we're we're back up and running again. So that's really a good. Okay,
0: I've had a couple of questions. You say sure. that it, it it's through the cable company. Let's say within the next few years, everything goes to municipal internet. Would there be still the Opportunity
1: so, for so cable access. okay, so, yeah. so, so cable television, um, you know, the franchise fee goes towards the public access studio as far as the municipal internet. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Um, I know it's a, it's an issue that's been around for a bit and they're doing a, uh, they're putting together a, a committee to, to look at it. So, but I'm not sure about that.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, are people filming in the, the uh, basement of the library now? They are. They are. Um, yep. Uh, so I think there's a limit on number of people. It might be, I think, two two
1: show producers at a time can be in the studio with the studio coordinator. Um and, you know, I mean, you've probably seen other locations of like businesses and whatnot where there is certain, you know, spacing requirements, you know, separate, you know, six feet separation. So everybody has to wear a mask in the studio unless, um, you know, you're, you're I think it, if you're filming, I think you can take your mask off if you're at the desk. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you have to keep your mask on otherwise. And, you know, they have, you know, sanitizer, check your okay. temp. It
0: works. Thank you. Is there any restrictions on content? Um,
1: restrictions on content. Well, we don't have like a sensor <laughs> like, like network television okay. does. So I think you can get away with a good number of things that you couldn't on like network TV. But I think if something is really, really out of bounds, I, I think mm-hmm. it, you it's know, extremely inappropriate. I think you could. Um, that could be an issue. Um, but now, I mean, then, I've, I've I've watched some of the programming, and that those you know uh-huh. you know some programming does push the boundaries.
0: <laughs> yeah, in the city of Albany, you know, over the years, I've I've been actually, I did focus on TV one time. I did like five different shows and. And cable access TV never really caught on in Albany. Would you agree with that statement?
1: I wouldn't say it hasn't caught on. I mean, I've heard... You know, there's people on both sides. There's people that say, oh, well, nobody really watches public access TV. You know, it's really, you know, what's the point? Everything's on YouTube these days and the Internet and Facebook. And then you have the other side, which is, no, this is a public service. This is, you know, that is, that's the important thing to remember. It's a public service. It's, it is a, um, a way for people to showcase their talents, their, you know, their observations, their, you know, Anything anything in the city. Uh, so as far as, you know, is it popular or not? I think it can be more popular than it is today, but, um, you know, it's, it's something, you know, you can't really measure it by how many people are really watching. Cause I mean, I don't think you, anybody can really figure it out how many actually really watch, but it's important to always have in place, especially during the pandemic. I mean, they ran, um, in the pandemic there was some CDC guideline slides that were that were run so you know this important information that's delivered public access hmm.
0: would you say that only a a small fraction of people in the city of albany really watch it
1: i i think that would probably be pretty correct um but you know there's the things that it's going to be coming down the pike, you know, it's you know we're going to try to market it better, make sure people are aware of it, um, and mm-hmm. I think the best way to do that is just like what we're doing today, talking about it. Some people probably yeah. don't even know we have a public access station. Some people probably don't know we have WCAA. WCAA. Mm-hmm. One of seven point three. Yeah. Um, so. You gotta just talk about it, you have to you know you have to show up at events and you have to just network and get the word out
0: would you say that there this is accurate with uh an accurate statement there are cable access t v all over the country
1: oh yes and and the world And the world. Um, really? Definitely, definitely. Oh yeah. Not every country has it, but a good number certainly do. Um, and you start looking at the different types of uh public access stations that are out there. I know like south of here New Paltz has one. Uh Ithaca Ithaca has one. Um mm-hmm. and then you start going down to like New York City and where they have like really, robust, really robust uh public access stations and then you go to Massachusetts where uh, I think it's a hundred percent of their franchise fees is dedicated specifically to their public access stations. so they have really great um, staffing and programming and just really excellent excellent um, excellent uh, things going on in Massachusetts um, it's really admirable
0: No. Uh, you talked. You mentioned WCAA a couple of minutes ago. Um, sure. Do any Do any of the community radio stations partner with cable access anywhere in the country? That would be an interesting concept. You know, I don't know, but I, I bet you there's got to be some
1: sort of collaboration going on out there. definitely something to mm-hmm. look into and if and if so might be a good thing to do here
0: oh right that would be exciting um do they have cable access in troy i
1: okay. i
0: don't
1: i don't know i don't i haven't heard of it if if i know that uh there's WRPI, a radio station at the college um
0: right but as far as the Troy,
1: I know Schenectady has a public access station.
0: Right, right.
1: As okay. far as Troy, I don't think I've ever heard of it being referenced. I've never heard of it mentioned. So I'm going to say probably not.
0: Okay. So I over the past couple of years, how has the station revamped? 'Cause I know there were a lot of personnel problems at one point.
1: So, um, Kirk Daniels, he's the student coordinator and he is excellent. I believe he worked for a long time for Channel Ten and the uh, as an operator there. And uh oh. you know, he's great. He's been able to reach out to like Albany High and partner with the uh, Brooklyn uh school. Um he has really done a full like inventory of all the equipment. We have gotten in a lot of new uh, equipment, computers and other items that have been really helpful to the studio. Um, you know, it's, he's uh, he's he's doing a really great job. Um, and uh, he's he's one of the issues was the backlog um, when the studio was shut down. We had a lot of. Um, people were still, uh, filming, but not in the studio, but outside the studio and, and, and providing content, but then we got a backlog that built up. So we had been working on the backlog, we were working on getting new programming. Um, you know, during COVID, it's been a lot of zoom meetings that, uh, had been done by the, uh, the city and other community organizations. So that's been, uh, a, the primary part of our programming. Um, but no, Kirk's been doing great. Um. He's back in the studio, and um, you know everything is progressing very nicely now.
0: Great, and you've uh, you you also mentioned to me before we got on the air that you want to talk a little bit about waste management. I think that's a really important yes. topic.
1: So, um, for your listeners, I am the chairman of Count- Council of Albany Neighborhood Associations. It's a citywide federation of neighborhoods. Um, been around since 1976, and uh, I, became, I was made aware by um, former Councilman Dominic Casalaro. He is a former Councilman from the first ward, and mm-hmm. he had sent out a uh, you know a blast email about. Waste Management of New York, which is part of Waste Management Inc, which is based out of Texas. It's a multi-billion dollar uh, corporation. And what they were doing was they applied to the Department of Environmental Conservation for New York State uh, and they put in an application to amend their permit to allow for uh, municipal solid waste, aka household garbage uh, from I think it was eight, eight surrounding counties. To come into the south end down to the port um to yeah. Be processed. yeah, and um in exchange for bringing trash through the south end, which is a environmental justice community it's a you know it's a stress community um mm-hmm. it's 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 it was really uh i i you know i I was very upset when I first heard about this. Um, they were going to, uh, I guess, pay a dollar a ton. They'll to give the city like a dollar a ton for trash <laughs> to come in and be processed. So um, I know that, um, you know, assembly members McDonald and Fahey, um were opposing this. Mayor Sheehan came out against it. Um, you know, county legislators came out against it. Um, so I, um, on Wednesday night, we, uh, During new business, we had Dominic Castellaro come in, talk to CANA about the issue. Um, our Kena, some of our CANA members commented, and we actually voted unanimously to oppose it, um, oppose the application. And then the next day, from what I understand, uh, Waste Management uh, suspended their application.
0: What made them decide to, to try to dump all this stuff in the south end
1: well you know know? from what i understand it was the third time they've tried they tried back in 2009 i think they tried the first time in 99 um and uh it just seems like they come back every so many years to see if it'll it'll fly wow and again they hit and again i you know i think they saw there was significant citywide opposition to this particularly with Cana finally saying, you know, when's enough enough, we got to oppose this. We got to stand with ourselves and friends and neighbors.
0: So We did, you know, I li- I listened to a little bit of your Cana uh, meeting last night. The sound wasn't that great. What happened? I think
1: you were probably referring to the one presenter who had significant audio issues. It was uh, David Hochfelder, a member of the faculty at University of Albany, and he was doing the 98, uh, he's from 98 Acres, it's a digital Mm -hmm. history project cataloging the, um, you know, the leveling of the neighborhoods and the construction of the Empire State Plaza. And, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, um, he was having significant tech issues and I had to really, I, I, it, you know, broke my heart to have to cut him off cause we couldn't hear what he was saying in a, you know, mm-hmm. a reasonable way. But the good news is, um, you know, I, I, I uh, we're going to, he's going to come back uh, in the fall and go through his presentation. We're going to do take two and, uh, he'll come back to Kena and talk to us about um all of the good things that they're doing.
0: So you've been the president of Cana for a few months now, right?
1: Yes, January first. I uh I was elected in December and I took took um took over in January.
0: So you were elected during COVID then, right?
1: Yes, I was. Yes I was.
0: Okay. Uh Cana? Okay. Keta
1: went to a fully remote, you know, um, meeting uh, arrangement right after COVID uh, really hit in March. But by April, we, um, I believe our April meeting actually was not a, uh, a Zoom meeting. It was actually a teleconference where everybody teleconferenced in, and boy was that interesting. That was tough. That was tough. Everybody was talking over everybody. <laughs> but but then by May we I think we tried GoTo meeting and we tried WebEx and I think December was the first Zoom meeting, which I was I, I uh was the admin for. And that's been and then Zoom you, ever since.
0: And then you had that little problem.
1: Yeah, right? back in back in February, um, so, very unfortunate incident.
0: So when you, when anybody who wants to see what's going on, they go on Facebook, and there are people who are in the Zoom meetings. Are they are they there by invitation only?
1: So the people that you see actually in the Zoom meeting today are CANA um, members, CANA delegates, um, mm-hmm. and we also have CANA individual members, people that, you know, you can have individ- individual membership to CANA, which actually we have quite a few this year, um, and then uh, local officials, um, if, you know, local elected officials, they always get a, um, an invitation because they need to be readily able to, you know, come to a meeting if they have something important they want to say.
0: So if I, uh, because I do focus on opening, if I wanted to participate in a meeting, I would contact you and then get an okay? Is that how it would work?
1: So if you were going to present as a presenter?
0: Or you you don't want me to be Be in your meetings.
1: Oh, no, no, no. Um, If you wanted to present about your podcast, which, by the way, I think was a great idea because we have space in September and October, wink, wink. Um, um, But, you know, if you wanted to uh, participate in our monthly meetings, you can just do an individual membership form and fill that out. And that's $10 for individuals.
0: For the year or just for that meeting?
1: No, for the year. for
0: For the year. Not bad. Yeah, that's, so. No, not bad at all. Coming, what else is coming down to take in this city of Albany that people should become aware of? Well,
1: definitely. Um, so, Cana has had a long-standing tradition of partnering with the League of Women Voters of Albany County with candidate forums, and oh, no. I have been. I've been talking with uh, both. Uh Patricia Sibilius, she's the president, and Mary Berry is the vice president of the of Women and Voters Albany County. And uh I've also been communicating with the NAACP Albany chapter. And Kena is going to be partnering with several forums um, for uh mayor, uh council president, uh-huh. and many of the and many of the uh, common council races in the city this year. And you're so that, you,
0: gonna and you're gonna um be the person who asked all the questions?
1: I think a representative from League of Women will probably be the moderator, um, but I don't, oh, okay. you know. I've been very involved, well, no, I've been very involved thus far with the plannings of these, so it's very exciting because, um, you know, we've, I think we started partnering with the League of Women Voters in the late 70s.
0: Okay. So is cable access going to do anything about city races that you know of?
1: Well, once these, uh, forums are, uh, recorded, uh, they will be, you know, put, put to channel Albany, you know, in a priority status that we need to get them up and aired because they're going to be right before the primary. And, um, you know, with COVID, social distancing, it's really hard for candidates to campaign and, uh, that is, a, right. again, a public service, cable access mm-hmm. is a public service, and we need to be sure that we convey that information. Give people a real good chance to, you know, check out a candidate, you know, kick the tires a little bit, and, and uh, right. really make an informed decision about who you want to vote for. And that's that's really it's really important to have.
0: You know, I really like Zoom because – You know, you just click on the link, you're you're talking to people, you don't have to get dressed, you don't have to drive there. You know, if you're not dressed to the nines, you just, you know, blank out your picture on on the screen. I I think Zoom is really a good thing. Do you see that as part of communities going forward? Oh, uh, Zoom? Um, Well, you
1: know, the other hat I wear is I'm the founder of the Uptown Neighborhood Cooperative, which is a program, the five-neighborhood-wide collaborative that I founded during the pandemic, and it was Mm -hmm. founded on Zoom, and that's always going to be the way I'm going to have the meetings is on Zoom. Um, I don't foresee, I mean, we'll still have, you know, mixers where we're going to meet up every few months just to like, you know, see people in person. But I think Zoom is going to be the way we're going to always proceed. And as far as like Cana, you know, I'll be honest, I'm anxious to get back to the auditorium at the Albany Public Library branch, you know, the the main branch and, uh, you know, get back to our meeting room there. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. the Albany Public Library has always been great. They've always given us the auditorium every first Wednesday of the month. Um, we, we, we really appreciate that. But I think mm-hmm. um, in a post-COVID-19 world, we're still going to do Zoom as well. So we're going to be able to give people both the option of meeting in person and virtually. And quite frankly, we're never going to have another snow day cancellation because if there is, a snow day. I, We're going to move to the virtual environment and still have our meetings. That so that's funny. A really good I thing. didn't
0: even think about that. You're right. You're right. Oh, I did. You, could, <laughs> you could have the biggest blizzard in the world and still turn on your computer and, and talk to everybody in your organization. That's clever. I didn't even think of that. So, Zach, we don't you know, have about a better... Yep. I'm um, Now, are you are you doing anything with WCAA yet?
1: Well, you know, um, one thing that Cana is doing is um, at our last meeting I mentioned how Paul Smart, he's the interim program director. He put out a um, he put out an email about how they're trying to upgrade their tower um, to to get citywide transmission and even further to surrounding municipalities and right. uh you know he's going to i hopefully uh, he couldn't make it to the last meeting but i'm hoping he can come to our june meeting and talk a little bit about more about you know why it's so important <clears throat> from a citywide perspective mm-hmm. to be able to um deliver information that's local from you know community events to you know particularly during covid-19 covid-19 updates uh you know Things that are really important that you know knit this knit this city together, and uh, I am all for citywide WCAA one hundred and seven point
0: three. I think it's great. Thank you. So, um, if anybody wants to get in touch with you to talk about, oh uh, no, find out about anything we've talked about today, how can they reach you?
1: Oh, you could send me a message on Facebook. Um, you can call me um, my um you, you can send me a, actually, the best way probably is to send an email to the the General Kena email. Uh, uh, Cana email. it's c a n a it's the number four Albany at gmail uh, dot com. and I, I uh you know I'll, I get a lot of emails, but I'll do my best to get back to you as soon as I can. I, I always do.
0: Okay, thank you, Zach. Um, You've been listening to Zach Simpson. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Aldi. If you like this show, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Zach, have a great day. Have a great day, everybody, and thank you for listening.
1: Thanks, Cynthia. See you soon. Bye, everybody.